Yes, he promised that wherever two or three come together in his name, he will be among them. And when we, we come here and when, when we meet in here, we don't come in the name of any human being. We don't meet here in the name of Stephen. I'm nothing. Uh, we don't come here and meet in the name of Braveheart. No. We come and meet here in the name of Jesus Christ because we know that only in the name of Jesus we'll find salvation. Only in the name of Jesus we'll find our lives really transformed. Only in the name of Jesus we'll find the liberty, the freedom that we long for, that we'll find our true identity uh, about all who we are according to how God made us with his eternal purpose. It is only in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we come with that boldness because he's not a man to lie. He's not a son of man to repent from his word. If he says, let the light be, the light will come. That's what we, we know what happened in the beginning. Let there be light and light was there. When he met Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come back from the dead. Rise up, wake up. And he woke up, he came back from dead to life. This is our God. And he says, wherever he is, there is joy, there is liberty, there is freedom, and there is restoration. And that's why I come every Sunday with this huge expectation on the inside of me. I don't want to come to church because it's a Sunday. Uh, I want to go there and sing and have fun or have dinner or, or talk to one another. It's, it's not about that. There's much, much deeper meaning when I come to Sunday. I come to Sunday, uh, Sunday service like uh, the, the woman with the issue of blood. That I am going there. My situation has been persisting for long. I am going there. I've been sick for long. I'm going there because I've been going through a dark tunnel. But I know, I've heard about this Jesus who is able to bring light where there is darkness. Who is able to bring healing where there is sickness. Who is able to bring life where there is death. So I am going to this Jesus like Bartimaeus. I am going to this Jesus I've heard of. That he can open the eyes of the blind. I am going there. With this huge expectation that if only I touch to the garment of his robe, I'll be well. If only I go there and I cry loud unto him, he will hear me and he will save me. If you come to church as a normal uh, routine because it's Sunday, and then you'll come as you come and you'll go as you came with nothing in your hand. But come determined, come with this huge expectation that I am going into the living God, in the presence of the almighty God. He who said that there is nothing that is impossible to him. He who says that there is no sin that can outmatch his grace. Who says that I can forgive you because I am slow to anger, because I love you with an everlasting love. I am, come, I'm, I am going to that kind of God and say, God, I come just as I am. Because he promised and he said, come with your burdens. Come with whatever worries you. Come whatever weighs you down. Just come as you are and I will give you rest. So I go into the presence of God with this expectation. My week has been dull, my very, very, very tough, very difficult. I'm tired with the situation. I'm tired of turning round and round. I'm tired of having so little in my account. I am, I am tired of all these issues. I am tired with battling against sin and, 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 and slavery or whatever it is. I am going to God who set people free. I go to God with this attitude, with this expectation in my heart. That God will do something today. He says he's never sent people back. Those who come seeking for him, he never sent them back. Or those who come into his presence, he never uh, let them go back empty-handed. This is the promise of God. That he will not send you back 
with empty hands when you come to him crying loud, have mercy on me. He will have mercy on you and grant you the desires of your heart. That's the kind of, that's the kind of attitude when I go to church on Sunday. And I hope you have that attitude today. That you don't look at me, you don't, you don't consider, you don't look, 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 focus on me, but you open your heart and open your ears so that faith will come through hearing the word of God and say, as I hear your word, Lord, I know you created the world by your word. As I hear your word, say something into my situation. Speak one word into my situation. Speak one word into my season because I know that you you God, you are the master of time and season. That's what the Bible says. And so I'm going to this the dark winter in my life when everything is dry, everything is dying. I can't see any fruit at all, regardless of how much I work, what I do, or and, and so on. God, I am calling on you. Say one word, and my dark winter will cease. Change my situation. Come with that attitude today. You will see this God and you will go out with a living testimony. Because the God I'm talking about today is God who says that he, he is my strength. A God who, who is, he proclaims himself that he is my refuge. The God who says that I am yours. I am your father. I have loved you with an everlasting love. That's the kind of God I'm talking about today. And I want to proclaim from the bottom of my heart that God is my strength. That God is my strength. And you can proclaim that into your heart that God is my strength. And the second part of it is that God is my refuge. God is my refuge. You can proclaim that from your heart that God is my refuge. And if God is your refuge, then you are safe. Regardless of whatever is going on around you, you are safe because God is your refuge, your hiding place. That's the kind of God I'm talking about today. And I want to read that in Psalm 46. It says, God is our refuge and strength. I love that. An ever-present help in trouble. I want if you can read that again in your heart, that God, and personalize it, God is my refuge. God is my strength. God is an ever-present, not, not that he's present today and, and sometime at 13 hours he's present and at 14 he's absent. No, he's an ever-present, always with you, regardless of where you go, where, what you're going through, regardless of where you are with your situation, regardless of whether you have doubt in him or you, or you have faith in him, regardless of whether you have a big faith in him or very little faith in him, he says he's an ever-present help. In times of need, in times of trouble, are you going through troubles? Are you going through hard situations? God, let God be your present help in times of need, in times of trouble. Refuge. A refuge is a hiding place. And that's that, that way we can, we can talk about refugees today uh, as 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 uh, individuals who are fleeing from their home countries because of persecutions, uh, because their lives are in danger. Uh, if they stay there, they will die. And so they are running from home, running from their country, running from their businesses, running from, from uh, whatever they knew that was so valuable in their lives, running from their couches, running from everything. 
everything, running to find a place they would call home again, running to find a place that would be safer for them, running to find a place that, is, that, that their lives will be protected. They are running to find a place of new opportunity so they can uh, rebuild their lives again from the ruins of wars and, and persecution. That's a, a refugee. And then when they find a country that, that understands their situation and they grant them the refugee status, that place, that country becomes a refuge for them because they are protected. Their lives are no longer in danger from whoever was persecuting them, from whoever was running after their lives. And in our daily lives, we have one common enemy. The enemy of our faith, the enemy of our lives, is the, the same enemy that attacked, attacked Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, when everything was so perfect and beautiful, enjoying the goodness of God every single day. And the enemy came and twisted things around, and they disobeyed God. Boom! Sin entered and they were separated from God and they lost everything that they had in lives. That same enemy is running after you and me, running after uh, our lives every single day. Jesus taught in John 10 that, you know what? The enemy, it comes with the purpose of stealing, killing and destroying. That's the enemy we have. He's after our lives every single day. But when he comes into our lives, stealing, when he comes into our lives, destroying, when he comes to bring death into our lives, we should remember that we have a place we would call refuge. It's our God. When we run into him, we are safe. We are protected. Because the enemy, that enemy, has been overcome on the cross of Calvary. He's been rendered powerless on the cross of Calvary. And, uh, and you know what? He, all his powers have been exposed, publicly exposed on the cross of Calvary when Christ was hung there. He was overcame. And now he comes like a bee without the stink and, uh, and making some noise uh, in, around our ears. And, and then we get so scared and we, run, we start running here and there, here and there. We feel so afraid that uh, he's going to, to kill us now. And he's going to kill me now. And so we are so afraid running here and there, here and there. We should remember. We should remember this, that uh, God is our refuge. When that bee starts ringing around, see what you've done. God is angry at you. He has forsaken you because you have disobeyed him. You're going to die. When that, that bee starts singing those kind of songs unto your ears, don't listen to that bee. Lift up your eyes and say, God is my hiding place. God is my refuge. In him I am safe. In him, I am protected. In him, I am free. The bee will not touch me. In Colossians, Paul is teaching that because we have believed in Jesus Christ, our lives are now hidden together with Jesus inside God. And I love that. Hidden inside God. What is hidden in this phone? You can't see it. It's inside the phone. 
You can't see it. I can give you an example. Uh, I'm going to hide something in here. And when I lift this up, you see the jacket, right? You see the jacket. You only see the jacket. You don't see what is inside. In the same manner, your lives and mine are hidden inside God. That's why he is a true refuge for us. That's why he is a true refuge for us. A true fortress for us. A true hiding place for us. Where the enemy has no power to come and trouble us. He says, the Lord says, your sins, I remember them no more. So if the enemy try to rise up his voice against you and say, see what you did yesterday, see what you did yesterday, see what you did the other day, you can remind that enemy that the blood of Jesus has cleansed me whole and all my sins, regardless of how red they were or how black they were, the blood of Jesus has made me as white as snow and before God I am a righteous one. There is nothing, no sting, no spot that remains here on my soul because everything has been removed and before God says that uh, I have never sinned. That's a declaration of God that the judgment that was supposed to be yours because of the sin have fallen on Jesus Christ and so you, there is no judgment falling over you. You are free and that's what I love with our God being a refuge because when I am in him, when you are in him, judgment has passed over you and God who declares People righteous is the righteous judge when he says you are free you are free indeed when he says you are forgiven you are forgiven indeed it is gone in the mind of God it is gone so don't keep it don't keep it in your mind if God who is the judge says you are free you, you are innocent your guilt has fallen on Jesus Christ you are innocent so don't make yourself guilty any longer because that thing has been gone. You are safe now inside God. He is our refuge. When he was distributing the land to the people of Israel, he told them, you know, after we distribute everything, I want you to make a, a city, you know, cities that will be called a city of refuge. So that when somebody kills another person and, and that uh, they want by accident or and then the, 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 the avenger wants to kill that, that killer, that murderer, if that murderer would run and uh, hide himself in that city of refuge, there will be no punishment for him. Regardless of how huge the crime was. Because now he is in that city of refuge that God has designed. The avenger will have no more right to touch you, to come closer to you. Not because you deserve it. Because if, if we look on, on the paper, on your performance, on your actions, you are condemned. What you did was wrong. You deserve to go to, 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 to jail. But God, out of his mercy, designed that city of refuge. Say, here, I, the gracious God, will reign. That the sinners will run to me and I will declare them forgiven. That there will be no more condemnation for them. 
And that's the beauty with our God who is a refuge. A true refuge that our life is no longer limited. Our lives are no longer measured by what we perform, by what we do, by our self-righteousness, but instead by the grace of God. He has given it for free. That's what the psalmist says. Why shall I fear? If God is my refuge, if God is my strength, if God is my ever-present uh, help in times of, of trouble, why should I fear? Why should I be afraid? Whom shall I fear? God is for me. He's not against me. God is not angry at me. He loves me. He loves you. He's not angry at you. So, run to him. Go inside him. Because Jesus is our true city of refuge. In the old city of refuge, it was this, the physical protection they got. But in Jesus, as our true refuge, it's not only the physical that is protected, it is also the inner man. So that we can hope to inherit that everlasting life, but also that we can shine with that presence of God in us right now, in this age, that people will see the kind of God we believe in, the kind of God we worship. God is our refuge. Because he is our refuge, then the arrows of the enemies, the darts of the enemies, will not touch us. They will not, unless he, God, allows it. This is the promise of our God. It says that not even one hair would fall off your head if I don't allow it. This is how much this God is involved in your life, in those small details of your life. If, if he allows it, then it's part of that bigger plan, bigger purpose of your life, the bigger plan he has for you. To bring down his glory, to bring down his nature, his character, to bring down the he uh, heaven on earth. And people will see he, the, this kind of God through, through you. If he allows it, as he allowed for Job, to bring his glory back to him. If he allows it, there's an example in the Bible. Uh, one guy was born crippled. And the people went to Jesus and asked Jesus, who did sin so that this man would be born crippled? Who did sin so that this man would be born blind? Who did so that this man would be what it is today, what, who he is today? Jesus said, I love this answer. This was allowed. If I can put it in my own words, this was allowed for the glory of God. For the glory of God. Not that anybody sinned so that he would be born like the way he was born. And I love that. The, that you cannot be afraid of the darts of the enemy. You cannot be afraid of the arrows of the enemy. Because you are in the city of refuge. You are protected. You are safe in him. I love that. Whatever is push, pressing over you, Whatever is running after you, uh, whatever is uh, so painful and 
Don't run away from God. Run to Him. He is your true refuge. God is not like uh, um, the countries uh, we live in. They will, might welcome you with wider arms and, and say we give you protection. And then tomorrow, no, go back to your country. Uh, no. God, when He says yes, remains yes today, tomorrow, and forever, and ever, and ever. This is our God. He gives us the true protection. I can continue reading here. It says, Therefore we will not fear, <laughs> though the earth give way, and the mountains, mountains fall into the heart of the sea. See how he's describing, regardless of how huge the situation around you may be, how dramatic, how chaotic they may be, do not fear, because God is your refuge. He's a solid rock that cannot be moved. He's unshakable. He's unmovable. He's there. The same yesterday, today, and forevermore. What shall, I, shall we fear? What shall we be afraid of? If we are inside God, we have a true protection. We have a true assurance that nothing will, will harm, uh, harm us. In Jeremiah, he says that, I know the thoughts I have about you. I know the plans that I have for you. They are not plans to destroy you. They are not plans to harm you. They are plans to give you hope and the future. That's our God. The plans he has about us, they are plans to give us a brighter future. And so we do not define ourselves on the basis of what we have gone through or what we are going through. We see the finish line because the hope we have inside is the hope of glory. So we see ourselves about, uh, as, as God sees us. God sees us with the finish line. The finish line is that you will be a, more than a conqueror. You will conquer over evil. You will conquer over the challenges and difficulties you are going through. You will conquer because he is with you. Not in your might, not in your power, but because of the spirit of God who lives inside of you, you shall overcome. Then you can sing a new song of joy. You can sing a new song of freedom. Because he who liberates lives on the inside of you. He is also on the outside of you. He has surrounded you with his protection. He is your fortress. The fortress is also a hiding place. For us who uh, have experienced wars in, in our countries, uh, we know what it means to find a place of refuge. When uh, the, the guns, the weapons, uh, uh, we can hear them there singing over there. Pa, 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 pa. Then everywhere is unsafe. We are looking for a, a, a small, small place, even a small rock or a small house where we know that the bullet will not go through, that our lives will be, will be safe. And God is describing himself as a refuge for us that we can go and hide in him. Even if the mountains are falling down, even if situations are so dramatic in your life, 
run unto God. He is your refuge. He will give you his shalom, the kind of peace that surpasses understanding. That you're going through hardship and people see you happy and smiling and rejoicing every day. And they wonder, what's going on with this man? What's going on with this lady? Yes, he has found a refuge. He has found or she has found a hiding place. And she's not afraid because she knows that God is for her. God is for you. A solid rock. A fortress. A hiding place. The next verse says, Though its waters roar and foam and the mountain quake with their surging, the name of the Lord is a fortified fortified tower the rushes run to it and they are safe that's proverbs uh, 1810 by the way uh, if i go back to uh, verse 3 of uh of psalm uh, is that i i, I want to read that part that's to say uh, no matter what is going on on the surface do not be afraid know that beneath the surface god is with you the most powerful man, the one who created the whole universe and holding it together until today, he is for you. So do not focus. Our natural reaction wants to focus on, on, uh, and, and on the natural things, want to maximize the challenge or the adversity. And, and I think the attitude that uh, David had uh, is... Uh, is an inspiration to us. He didn't see uh, how huge Goliath was. In the natural, he was huge. Giant, as they call him. But he saw that God was even more gigantic than the giant Goliath. That God was so powerful than Goliath. So he focused on God, seeing God. If you focus on seeing that adversity, you are maximizing it to become bigger and bigger and bigger like the 10 uh, spies when they went to uh, explore uh, the promised land. There were 12, 10 of them. They maximized on the enemies, how powerful they were and uh, how the fortified the cities were. And uh, the more they maximized them, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. While they experienced the greatness of this God before the Red Sea, not long ago, they experienced the provision of God in the desert as God was providing manna. They ate. They saw and experienced that. But in that moment, their eyes went on to maximizing the adversity. And in the end, they saw themselves as grasshoppers and fear was sown into their heart. They became so afraid. We cannot go into battle against them. We will die. And the same with, uh, with, uh, with the people of Israel. In front of Goliath, <gasps> he is huge. <gasps> he is experienced. <gasps> he has so much experience in war. He has won so many battles. <gasps> we cannot. <laughs> they shrunk. But the young man David says, I don't care, Goliath. I don't care how you look like. I don't care. 
your experience. I, I, it doesn't matter who you are, but I come. You come to me with your experience, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And today, God will deliver you to me. And that's the attitude. God, our refuge. He will deliver the enemy unto to us. So, uh, in God, indeed, we have uh, safety and protection. He says that it's a strong tower. We run unto him and we find safety. I love that. Another verse in Isaiah says, So this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. I love that. The one who relies on it. The one who trusts on that stone. He will never be filled with fear. Not with panic. Uh, we panic easily because of the things that we see before us. And how difficult they are. And that they are out of proportion. That they, they go beyond our capacity to maintain, to control, to master. And so fear is on, on the inside. If we can trust in the power of God, if we can trust in the name of the Lord, if we can remember that he is a strong tower for us, he is a city of refuge for us, we will never be stricken by panic. We will not have angst. Amen. Oh, I love that. So, I will finish up with these uh, four things. First thing is that the God we believe in is available. He is, you can rest assured that he is always available. It's, it is not a, a kind of refuge that is available today and tomorrow the door is closed. No. His arms are wide open every single day. And actually even says that I am even at the door of your heart and I am knocking. If you hear my voice, you open your heart. I will enter in and you and me will dine together. He is always available. He promises, see, I am always with you to the end of time. As long as time is still there, this God is always with us. See, he promised that I will never leave you alone, nor forsake you. I will never abandon you. I will never leave you often. I will always be with you. In times of joy, in times of abundance, or times of luck, in times of sorrows, of time of joy, this God is always with us. We kind of forget that uh, he's with us when we are going through hardship. Oh, God has abandoned me. No, he has not. He's with you. Call on him. He's always available. He says, call on me in times of trouble. I will come and deliver you. I will come and set you free. And even reveal unto you the mysteries, the hidden things. Call unto me. He's not only available, that he's there, because we have some friends who are available around us. They cannot do anything to us, to help us in terms of our, our trouble. Uh, oh, oh, I, I had a friend one time, uh, so I was learning to swim, and uh, he was learning to swim. And so when I was uh, drowning, he could not help me because he doesn't know how to swim. He was available, he was there, but he did not have the power to save me. 
to help me in my time of trouble right there when I was drowning. But this God not only is available, he is also able. He is capable to do what he has promised you. In Romans 4, it says that what gave Abraham hope so much is that he believed that God was able to deliver what he had promised. Even though his body was old and the body of Sarah was as old as dead, meaning that they cannot conceive a child because they were very old, but still, he believed that regardless of the death of our body, regardless of the death of our feelings, regardless of the death of our emotions, even though naturally our body cannot conceive a child because God promised that we will have a child, so we will wait on him. They believed that God was able to deliver that which he has promised. Many times when we are going through hardship, we forget that God is able is able, is available, and is able to deliver that which he has promised. When we are going to trouble, oh, uh, God had prophesied uh, to me that I will be this, I will be that, I will be that, and now I am sick, now I am dying, now I'm not there. And we think that God has forgotten and will not deliver what which, that which he has promised. No, God will deliver that which he has promised because he is able to do to do even beyond our expectation. He is able to, to give us beyond what we ask for. He is able to provide beyond our needs. This God is able. We need to rely on him, as Isaiah said it. We need to trust in him that he is able to do it. He's available means that uh, every single moment he is there. He's able means he's, he's capable. He has the ability to save you, the ability to come to your rescue, the ability to help you in times of, of your need. He is indeed. And the second thing is that our God is dependable. That you can rely on him, you can depend on him. He's not uh, like a moody guy that today, hmm, tomorrow, hmm, tomorrow, eh. No, he's, uh, he, he, we, you can depend. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He does not change in his nature. He does not change in his character. He is the same God. So he's dependable. You can call him at night. You don't have to, to try like, like, like in other religions where you have to clean yourself before you see this God. You can call him anywhere. Even in the bathroom. When, when you, instead of crying and, and complaining and be filled with fear, you can call on this God and you will come to your rescue. He's dependable. He's mighty. He's powerful. He's available. He's able. You can depend on him. You can count on him. In our family members, sometimes we have people that you cannot count on, even though they are members of your family. We, we may have friends that you cannot count on. When in times of need, you need them, they, are, they run away. Or when you fall, they feel embarrassed to come even closer to you. When you fall into sin, they, they start laboring you. That he's, he has done that, she has done that, she has done that. I cannot associate with her any longer. Because she has fallen out of her integrity. No, this, kind, this God is dependable, regardless of where you are in your life. Whether you are so close to perfection, or you are very far from perfection, you can count on this God. He came to seek and save that which was lost. He came to seek those who are unjust, those are unclean, those are impure. He came to seek for them and he is available every single day. If the society has labeled you, you can count on this God to remove that label and make you new again. This is our God. He is dependable. You can count on him regardless of your situation. 
And the third thing is that this God is power, is powerful. He is powerful. This God is so powerful. His power is described as fire. Consuming fire. That the fire goes before him to consume every foe. That mountains melt like what's in his presence. This is God. He says that when he, stand, he stood before the waters of the Red Sea, the waters departed. Or when he stood before, the, only the covenant box when it was brought before the, the waters of Jordan, it was departed. This is, the, this, this is the kind of God we have. He's so powerful that the stone that, that covered the, the, the tomb of Jesus was removed uh, because of this power. He is a powerful God. There is nothing that is, is impossible to him. So let's enlarge our mind. Let, let us enlarge our horizons and count on this God. And run unto him. Because he is a powerful God. If we reduce this God into what we can touch and what we can feel, we will not experience his dunamis, his power. We will not experience it. But if we remove those limits and count on God and say, God, I believe in you. I trust you with my situation. I know nothing is impossible to you. I know in the natural everything is negative. But I believe in you, God. You have power to change the negative into positive. I trust in you and I wait on you. We'll see the power of God manifested among us and in your situation. He is a powerful God. The one who speaks to death and death changes into life. The one who opens the eyes of the blind. The one who makes the crippled rise up and walk. This is our God. The one who purifies his people. The one, the one who makes the guilty innocent. This is our God. The one who removes all your sins off you and gives you a new identity as a holy child of God. This is God. He is so powerful. Very powerful. An all-powerful God that you can trust. Instead of trusting what people say about you, and how people call you and feel depressed and, and go down in your self-esteem. No, trust in the power of God to raise you. Trust in the power of God to restore you. Trust in the power of God to redefine you. For he is powerful. He can change your identity in a millisecond. That's the power of our God. And I will finish with this last, last thing. Uh, is that he is a prince of peace. A prince of peace. He's God. Uh, God of shalom. When he can come in your troubled life and say, be still and you everything quiet. When, we, when the apostles were in the boat and, and the storm arose and they were, all of them were filled with, with fear and said, Lord, we are dying. Lord, we are dying now. See the water, see the storm. We are dying here in the middle of nowhere here. We are going to die. Be still. And it was quiet. This is our God. When they reached into the house of one girl who had died and, 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 the, and everybody was crying and crying and crying because she, it was gone, it was all over. He, say, he told them, be quiet. She's not dead. She's sleeping. And went to the little girl and said, hey, my sister, get up. Rise up. She's our God. In the midst of the morning, it turns the morning into joy. He's, he's a prince of peace. He has come to give you peace. Before he left, going to heaven, said, peace be with you. He wants you to be filled with an, a, a kind of peace that surpasses human understanding. Regardless of what you're going through, you can trust in him. He's a powerful God. 
is God who is available and able. You can really rely on him. He's a solid rock that cannot be broken. He's a refuge unto you.